Praise the Lord. Welcome to the broadcast today. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson here beginning a brand new Bible study today entitled Bible Faith in Light of the Cross. And I believe it's going to be something very special. It's going to be something very informative. Of course, it'll be biblical. It'll be straight with the scriptures. I believe that the Lord is bringing his people back to uh, faith in the cross of Jesus Christ, that place of sanctification experience where we learn how to possess our vessels in sanctification and honor that which is the only place that honors the Lord. And when he gets us back to that simple broken place at Calvary, then I believe the Lord is going to be able to give us the information, the truth, the, 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 the word of God that we need, uh, that we've always needed for the church throughout history. And sometimes people ask, well, why do you think uh, that you have something that, that's new? It's not new. It's been in the Bible all this time. But here's, here's been the issue until God's people get back to faith in the cross alone they won't be able to see the word in its proper light. They won't be able to walk in the faith as they ought. And uh, we've learned that over the last 16 years as we've ministered the message of the cross from Genesis through Revelation. That's the Bible is about Jesus. Jesus said that the volume of the book is written of him. And I just believe the Lord is going to impart the truth, his truth, who he is into our hearts in a way in these last few days that we have in this era called the times of the Gentiles like never before. What's been written, what's there without changing anything, just simply seeing it through the lens of Calvary, I believe that we're going to see and hear things the Lord wants us to see and to hear, and he's going to be able to do great and mighty things in this last day's church, this last day's army of God that Joel prophesied about, and I'm looking forward to that. So again today, uh, this is a brand new Bible study, Bible faith in light of the cross, and we're going to look at some things. There's a lot to look at, so we'll be doing this for a little season here on Friday mornings at 9 a.m., and uh, so I encourage you to get your Bibles, your pencil, your paper, and to come along with us, and, and, and uh, let's look at the Word of God for we're going to see some, some things today that hopefully that if we've known, we're going to see them in a, in, a, in, a, in a greater light. And if we've not known, then we're going to step into them as the Word of God calls for us to walk in His light, to walk in the truth, that path of righteousness that can only be walked in through our faith in the truth, faith in the truth, which today we'll see something profound about that statement. So again, grab your Bibles. The first thing I want to do today is ask us all this question. When did God require man to begin to live by faith? When did faith begin? When did God determine men would live by faith? Most of you probably already know the answer. Most of my life, I guess I didn't really think about it, but in the back of my mind, I thought that faith didn't come into play until after 
We sinned in the garden there in Adam and that now we've got to live by faith. Now we have to live by faith. But that's not the case. God required man to live by faith the moment he spoke to man. The moment God approached the man he'd created in his own image and placed in the Garden of Eden, he spoke to the man and man was required to live by faith in what God said immediately. We've always, as God's creation, his people, his, the hum, human race, has had to simply live by faith from the very first time God spoke. Let's look at that in Genesis chapter 2, verse 16 this morning. It's where we will begin our Bible study. And to some of you, this may seem very elementary, but where we're going uh, in the next few sessions, we're going to be talking about the faith of the Son of God, that measure of faith. We're going to be talking about several things scripturally concerning faith, not the things that have been written about over the last 50, 60, 70, 80 years that, that, that cause our faith to turn uh, and, and, and become introverted, faith in what we do. But we'll see throughout this study that it's always the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ, not, not just faith in Him on our part, but the faith that He had to live by uh, and we're going to see some profound things. Let's look at this this morning. Genesis chapter 2, verse 16. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat of it, for in the day that you eat thereof you shall surely die. Now, the first thing I want to point out in this study is that when God speaks, God doesn't give options. God gives commands. God doesn't show up and say, Curtis, what would you like to do today? The Lord shows up and the Lord gives commands. The first words of his mouth to Adam in the garden were words that were a command. The Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat of it, because in the day that you eat thereof you shall surely die. I want you to get that today. God, His Word is a command. We see that as Peter writes in 2 Peter 2 and 21, that it's better that you never knew the way of righteousness than to have known it, known it, partaken of it. That's what the word know is an experiential word there. Not just, well, yeah, I, I, I know it. I, no, no. Knowing is experiential. Adam knew his wife and she conceived. John 17, 3. This is eternal life that they know the one true God and His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, whom He sent. John chapter 10, Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice. They know my voice. I know them. That's an experience. And then they follow me. So there's something about that word, know. 
that knowledge. So we, we, God commands men. God speaks to men. And, 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 and we, we, we're either found obedient or disobedient. But he required, let's get back to the main focus for this, this beginning. He required faith from the beginning. From the beginning. But listen, when he spoke, it was the word of faith. Not this word of faith that's been around for oh so, so long now. This false, this heresy, this satanic that, and we'll see more of this today in this broadcast, this first one, that, uh, that uh, the word of faith is the word of God in its pure form, which is the gospel context. We'll see that today. It's not the, just Bible verses quoted by us. Faith always comes when the word of God is heard. It's what we do with it when it comes. Do we mix faith in our hearts with the word or do we reject it? And we're going to look at those things today, but I wanted to point, it, point this out first because sometimes we don't think about these things. And so many Christians, I believe, are like I was at one time that we just think, well, we didn't have to live by faith until we started sinning. Now we have to live by faith. Everything's by faith. Why does it have to be by faith? Because God can't be pleased without faith. Because faith shows that man is choosing to believe him. Choosing to believe him. Not robots. Not made mechanically where they're just forced to obey him. That would not be a true love. God gives us choice. He give, if it's not choice, then, 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 how, then why would we need to be perfect? Why would, we need to, to, why would we need a Savior if God created us perfect? God didn't. Listen, we fail from a place of perfection. We fail from a place of sinlessness. And we became sinless and impure before the Lord unclean, without strength, rotten, no good, worthy only of death. So he brings what into the garden? Another word. He doesn't bring a hug. He doesn't bring uh, some, something as the church has turned the word of faith into today that he doesn't say if you'll pick a hundred berries or uh, go plow two rows, I'll take your sin away and we can be back in fellowship. He brings another word. This time, uh, a different word. First was a, a word of freedom to eat of all the trees, but a warning not to eat off the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and death that would take place when they did. This time he brings a word of promise, a word of salvation, a word of restoration, a word of deliverance. And that word was the word of faith. Again, when God speaks, it is the word of faith because it's the word that delivers faith, but yet we must mix faith in our own hearts. And again, we'll look at all that as we get into a deeper discussion about faith, but the Lord delivers the word of promise, deliverance, salvation, restoration, hope, uh, recovery by, by pointing to the seed of the woman in Genesis 3.15. 
He promises to save them. He promises to deliver them through the seed of the woman that would one day come. And then he shows them that it will take place. This seed of the woman will come and through a sacrifice will redeem us, restore us, save us, deliver us, recover us from this fallen place. But when God speaks, his words are spirit. Jesus said in John chapter 6, the words I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Well, if we live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, Matthew 4 and 4 and Luke 4 and 4, yet, that, yet many hear the word of the Lord, but they don't experience life. It, it, and when they hear the word, faith comes. But it has to be mixed. The word of God that comes to them, that offers faith to them, must be mixed with that faith in their hearts. In their hearts. So again, back to the main question. When did God require, and it is required, men to live by faith? The moment he opened his mouth to man. And as long as Adam and Eve believed God, chose to believe God, and obey that one command, they'd still be fruitful all over the earth today, and things would be, whoo, to say different is an understatement. But they stopped believing God. They believed another voice, the enemy, of course. We know the story when Satan came into the garden. They stopped believing God and believed another. They stopped obeying that word. They they no longer placed faith, mixed faith in their hearts with that word. Therefore, that freedom to eat of all the trees in the Garden of Eden because faith was no longer being mixed in their heart with what God had spoken to them. Now they were no longer free to eat of all the trees in the garden. They were no longer to be in the garden and they would suffer the consequences. So that's when faith began when God spoke, commanded man that he was free to eat of all the trees of the garden but not to eat off the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That was the word of God that offered faith to man. When he believed that word, obeyed that word, that's what the Bible calls mixing faith with the word. Hebrews, the writer of Hebrews says, the word was preached to those of old too, but yet they, it did not profit them because they did not mix faith in their hearts with that which they heard. The mixing of faith with the word of God is the result 100% of the time is obedience to the Word of God. But not just in doing the Word of God, but a proper object of faith. That word that Adam had was simply don't eat off the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Well, he did it. And then... The promise came. The object, when the Lord came into the garden that day after we'd sinned in Adam and fallen so far that it was, uh, uh, we, we were without strength and could not do anything. 
God had to give us a promise, point to the promise. And now we had an object of faith. First, it was just to obey what God said, don't do. And now God shows up with the promise of what he would do through an innocent sacrifice that would pay the price for the mistake, the sins that we brought onto the scene. Death that we allowed to be ushered in through our disobedience, through our choosing to disobey God. And now God would give us an object of faith in the garden to grab a hold of. And as long as men held dear, held their mixed faith with that, that promise, all the other words of God that God would give to Israel down through the ages, all were all tied up in that one word of redemption in the garden. In Genesis 3.15, God just through the ages, the prophets, the laws, the, the prophets, the law, the Psalms, he just painted a greater portrait of what his son would do for all of us when he showed up at Calvary. But all the words of God are held within that one word given in the garden, manifest on a hill called Calvary. For it's by the faith of the Son of God that we've been offered faith to be saved, grace to be saved. And we'll see that. But I want to cover this morning a couple of more things. One of those is the first two times. Let's get this right, Brother Curtis. The only two times the word faith is used in the Old Covenant. Only twice. Now the word faithful is there <coughs> a few times. But the word faith itself is only printed in the pages of the Old Covenant writings two times. And I want to read those two times to you today. Let's bring those up. If you have your Bibles, I hope you do. It's Deuteronomy 32 and 20 when the Lord really is giving a rebuke to Israel because uh, they've gone wayward. They're trusting in false gods and committing sins and really don't want anything to do with God. And they're no longer trusting in Him, which, by the way, is what faith really is, trusting God. Really, let me give this. It's on the bottom of my page, but let me go ahead and before we read this and give you this what you'll find when you look the word faith up. Faith really means that you're persuaded, that you're convicted. This is my conviction. It's a, you know, uh, conviction is not all about sin. Conviction, the Holy Spirit convicts us of sin. He convicts us of righteousness and he convicts us of, ju of judgment. And, and I'm thankful for that. All three of those, very important. You need to look into that and you'll find great knowledge the Lord desires you have there. But to have faith in something means you've been persuaded to trust in that. You, 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 it's your conviction now to go that way, to, to trust in that. And, and it also means that it's a reliance. You're, you're relying on that now. I'm relying on this. This is what I'm trusting in. And it also means assurance. Assurance. Get that now. Faith means 
that you become sure enough to trust in this. And we have what you hear all the time as Christians, that blessed assurance. Blessed assurance. It's the blessed assurance that we have in Christ, not I hope I make it. My hope is in Christ. He's already made it for me. I'll be there with him one day. Really, I'm already there with him, seated with him, in him, in heavenly places at the right hand of the Father. In the picture, in the plan, in the mind of God, that's the truth. But we're also here, but even while we're here, he's with us. Faith, let me say this again, faith is being persuaded, not half-stepping. I almost believe is not faith. Faith is when I give myself to something because I totally trust it. I, I'm convicted this is right. I'm relying on this now. I'm assured of this. I like what Peter says. We have believed and are sure that you are the Christ. We have believed and we are sure that Jesus is the Christ. If we believe and are sure, then we need to be following Jesus. Amen. I thought about this last night when one of the definitions of the word faith is assurance. I'm assured of this. I have this assurance. Listen, if that's, if that's a fact, if one of the definitions of faith is to be sure enough to follow, my goodness, the church has big problems today because we say we believe this and we believe that. We say it with our lips, but faith doesn't come by speaking. Faith comes by hearing, but just because we hear it don't mean we're mixing the faith that the Word brings in our hearts with it. It takes the soil of our hearts for the faith that comes from hearing the word to be mixed. The mixing place is in our heart through my choice to believe. My choice, again today, to believe. So let's look at the two scriptures in the Old Covenant and the only two scriptures where the word faith, just as it said, faith is used. Deuteronomy chapter 32 verse 20. And he said, I will hide my face from them. I will see what their end shall be. For they are a very perverse generation, children in whom is no faith. Now they heard the word of the Lord. They knew the word of the Lord, but in them there was no faith. In them. Oh, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. Write it down, Romans 10, 17. But without it being mixed in our hearts by our choice to believe it, to be convicted and convinced this is right. I'm relying on this now. I'm assured of this now. I'm persuaded of this now. And there will be no benefit. To say I have faith means nothing. To mix faith in your heart with what God has said puts you in that direction. Movement. Faith is a movement. Faith is a verb. It's an action word. Faith is a move of God. And it's God moving you in the direction of His will, in an avenue of obedience and pleasing unto Him. It takes God to live by faith. It takes the Spirit of God to live by grace, to live by faith. Amen. But He's called the Spirit of grace in Hebrews 10 and 29 because it takes Him. 
Amen. It's the faith of the Lord Jesus by which we live, Galatians 2.20. We'll cover that in big detail later. But even grace that we've looked at through centuries and centuries, we've looked at grace just without looking at God. God's grace is what God is doing in my life. If he finds his words, the word of the gospel being mixed in my heart with that. Listen now, Deuteronomy 32 and 20. Let's read it again. And he said, I will hide my face from them. I will see what their end shall be. For they are a very perverse generation. Talking about his own people, by the way. Children in whom is no faith. Get that. Children in whom is no faith. Now, the word faith here, watch this. I hope you got plenty of good lead in that pencil. Watch the word faith here in, in this particular verse means established. <coughs> it means trustworthiness. But it also means truth. There's no truth in them. There, there's no trustworthiness in them. There's no <coughs> establishing of what I'm doing, says the Lord, found in their hearts. See, faith is what God is doing. God moving you, God moving in you, through you, upon you, for you. If faith is God moving, God doing. Faith is not just you finally saying, okay, I will. It, okay, well, that, you, okay, you might finally surrender to whatever God's leading you to do according to your faith in the gospel. But it's Him working in you both to do and to will of His good pleasure, His good pleasure, that which <coughs> pleases Him. He can't be pleased without faith. So what He's doing, what He's working in us both to will and to do is that which He's pleased in. Faith is always required. So He only is able to do that which he wills and that which he does in and through us when he finds that object of faith being Christ and him crucified and us trusting in his directional instructional words which bring us faith. Faith comes by hearing God's word and though faith comes, we must mix Faith in our own hearts become reliant upon that word. Allow God to establish us in that truth. Allow God to teach us to become sure that we can be sure about Him. We can have great assurance. But get this now. The word faith here, and I always encourage everybody... Look it up for yourself. The word faith here that the Lord says this whole generation is perverse and, and children in whom there is no faith. There's no establishment. They're not being established in my will according to my word for my plan, for my glory. They're not being established. Now remember Isaiah 54 and 14 says... He establishes us in His righteousness. Oh, we'll get into that. Oh, I can't wait for that. I love that part. 
But this word faith also means trustworthiness. And hear me this morning, I'm not being ugly, but where a person is found without the fruit of being trustworthy to God and to God's people, they're not being, listen, God, we don't believe God is trustworthy. We only believe that God is worthy of our trust to follow Him to the degree that we're following Him. If I'm, listen, I'm not being ugly today, but if I can and I'm not in church, if I can and I'm not studying the Word of God, if I can and I don't have a prayer life, if I can, I'm not talking about doing these things to get saved. I'm talking about doing these things because you love your husband, Jesus. Doing these things because you do love the Lord. You don't just say you love the Lord. If I can be trustworthy to the Lord and I'm not, then I don't really trust in his trust. I don't, I don't, listen, my degree of faithfulness is, is, is my degree of, of receiving of his faithfulness and my degree of trusting in him, my degree of mixing faith in my own heart with his word. I tell our folks all the time, the more I see your faithfulness, the more I see the Lord's faithfulness because it's His faithfulness. But don't, don't let this go. The word faith here, what God couldn't find in His people, called them pervert, a perverted generation because of it, is because He couldn't find faith in them. They, they didn't have faith in them. They didn't have what He was establishing. They rejected it. They they didn't have any trustworthiness in them and they didn't have any truth in them. I want you to get that because the next and the last time the word faith is used in the Old Covenant Scriptures is in Habakkuk. We know this one very well. Paul pulled from it under the anointing of the Holy Spirit to tell us that we are justified by faith. Listen, Habakkuk 2 and 4. Behold, his soul which is lifted up is not upright in him. That means proud. The, the man whose, whose soul is prideful, proud, is not upright before God. But the just shall live by faith. That means the opposite of pride. That means we've believed and trusted with a humble heart. We, we've, we've lowered, we, we've given up all our thoughts. We've given up all our hopes and everything else and simply we're trusting in that which allows God to give us grace and that is we're trusting in the humility and the obedience of Christ unto death, that on the cross. And because God saw that faith, he declared us just and we live by that faith that came. Listen, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But just because faith comes doesn't mean I'll mix faith in my heart with the word. The drunk sitting on the sidewalk hears the gospel preached. It is the word of faith that we preach, Paul said. It's the word of faith that's delivered. It's Romans chapter 4. Uh, I'm sorry, Romans chapter 10 verse 8. The word that we preach is the word 
of faith. The word that brings faith. The, the word that offers faith. But that faith, that assurance, that reliance, that assurance, that, 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 that persuasion, that conviction must be mixed in our own heart with what God calls belief. Belief. That's really what faith is, believing. Man believes with the heart unto righteousness. Then the mouth speaks, confesses unto salvation. Never forget that. We preach, Paul said, the word of faith. Because when we preach God's word in the gospel context, faith comes. It's offered. It's there. It comes with the, with the word of God preached. Faith comes, but it must be mixed in the heart. I believe a lot of Christianity thinks it means when the word says faith comes by hearing, that means we just automatically receive faith when we hear it. Not so. Two men can sit on the front pew of a church and both hear the powerful preaching, anointed preaching of the gospel, the message of the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God. One be radically saved. The other says, I want no part of it. Why? Because one says, I'm assured of, I believe that. I accept that. I, I choose to mix faith in my heart. My heart is the, the soil of where the work of God must take place. He, he only looks upon the heart. He offers truth. This, this word of faith, not the false teachers of men like Ken Copeland and Kenneth Hagin and them that really, they didn't really even have a clue. They made it sound good. They perverted scriptures and they've got thousands and thousands if not millions today who follow that false and perverted way of faith that's not biblical faith. It's not biblical faith. Faith comes to everyone who hears the word of the Lord. But it doesn't mean that they take and mix that faith in their hearts. Oh, how we desperately need to know this today. Let's read this again. Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 4. Behold his soul, that's the man who's prideful, which is lifted up, is not upright in him. His soul is not upright before the Lord in him, but the just shall live by his faith. The just shall live by his faith. Now look at this, the word faith here, and I'm just going to click on it. I, I encourage you, this is a Bible study, I encourage you to get that app on your smartphone, your iPad, however you can get it, wherever you can get it. It's called Strongs with KJV. And all you have to do is touch on a word and up comes the Strongs, whether it's in the Old Covenant, the New Covenant, here it is. But, and and, and there's, there's a lot, but I want to give you just some of the definitions that the word faith means. And it, it, it doesn't change it. It just... It just gives you a more in-depth look at what faith really is. But I want you to see this today because the word faith here, one of its definitions is truth. Just like the word faith in Deuteronomy 32 and 20. Watch. Faith has a meaning of truth. The number 
Strong's number is 530. You can look it up for yourself. I'm looking at it right now. Literally, it means firmness, security, uh, moral fidelity, uh, but it means also truth. It means truth. So when you look at this scripture, behold, his soul which is lifted up, prideful, is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his truth. We live by faith, but faith must always be in truth. And truth is the written word of God in the context of the one who claimed to be the living word of God and what he did at Calvary to become the applicable word of God living within us. We live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. We live by faith. The just shall live by his faith. Faith in the word of God that's offered, but it must be in the context of the living word and what he did for us at Calvary because that is the communing place. That is, that is where everything begins with the new creation in Christ Jesus at Calvary. All the words of God, Proverbs 8 and 8. If you follow our teaching, you've heard it many times, Proverbs 8 and 8. All the words of my mouth, God says, are in righteousness. All Watch now. All, any fruit of biblical faith is the righteousness of faith. The fruit of faith is is the righteousness of faith. You can look at that. Let's look at it together today. I'm jumping ahead. That's okay. Romans 4 and 13. Let's look at that together today. Uh, watch this now. Romans chapter 4, verse 13. For the promise <clears throat> that he, talking about Abraham, should be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. The fruit of righteousness of faith. The imputation, the impartation of righteousness of faith. All the fruits, any fruit of true biblical faith is righteousness. To prove it, go back to your born again experience. The moment that twinkling of an eye moment when the Word of God was being presented to you, that beautiful, wonderful gospel, glorious gospel being declared to us, there came a point, we'd heard it, we'd heard it, we'd heard it, but there came a point when we were convicted of our sin realized we needed a Savior. That was the Spirit of God moving mightily upon your heart, showing you you were a sinner, showing you you needed a Savior, showing you the answer that would be found in the Savior, the Son of God, Jesus Christ, that would take away as the Lamb of God your sins forever and forever. And all of a sudden, in a twinkling of an eye moment, you mixed faith in your own heart. That faith that was offered through the word preached to you, that faith that came, you allowed it through believing with the heart to be mixed in the soil of your heart. And you were assured at that moment 
that you were a child of God, forgiven, on your way to heaven, whole new purpose, whole new destiny, past totally erased, and a whole bright future set before you, a race to run, hallelujah, to the Lamb of God, because you allowed the faith that came when you heard the word through your believing to be mixed in your own heart. You allowed it through belief it to be mixed in your own heart. So let's read this again. I don't want to go fast through this. I want us to get something. I, I don't want, want us just to hear a lot and say, well, I heard another great session. I want us to get something today. For the promise that he should be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law. Oh, it was to Abraham and it was to his seed, just not through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. The righteousness of faith. Proverbs 12, 17 says, He that speaks truth shows forth righteousness. Why? How? He that speaks truth, remember one of the definitions of faith is truth. When we preach the truth, we're preaching the faith. When we preach the truth, we're preaching the faith. The word of God that brings faith, we preach if it's pointing you to Christ and what he did at Calvary. That's the word of faith. The true biblical word of faith is the word of God in the context of the living word and what he did at Calvary. That's the word of the truth. That's why Paul writes to the church in Colossae and calls it the word of the truth of the gospel. Because you can't separate faith and truth. If your faith is in the truth, your faith is legitimate. If it's the truth you're trusting in, your faith is legitimate. You can't separate them. Let's go back. Habakkuk 2.4, the just shall live by faith. One of the definitions of faith is truth. Get that. One of the definitions of faith is truth. The just shall live by his faith. His faith in what? The truth. That's why they're inseparable. They're, they're inseparable. There is no truth over here and then faith over here. No, they're one and the same. It just simply takes a believing heart in the truth, which is the faith, to be mixed in your heart to bring forth the life that God's Word wants to impart to you and to be your path for each step of the way, for uh, is it Psalms 85 13 tells us that righteousness went before him and has set us, that righteousness, in his steps. Steps of faith, steps of the truth, the way of truth. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Get that today. Faith and truth can never be separated. Galatians 2.20 Let's look at that. We already know that, those of you, unless you're following us brand new, and I hope that you'd be sharing this, that you'd be helping us uh, out there with the attempt to publish God's Word, which really means in the attempt 
to share the truth of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation, to see a greater audience taking heed, waking up unto his righteousness, to, to help us see more and more God's people uh, being delivered from this place of no faith being found in them. Because if it's not the word of faith, if it's not the faith of the Son of God, if it's not faith in the gospel, then he's not finding the faith he's looking for. When the Bible says, will he find faith when he comes? Oh, the world's full of faith. But will he find faith in him when he comes? Faith in him means faith in the sacrifice. That's the object. That's the object. The church has gotten away from that. And the sad part is, is not that the church don't know it. It's that when most of the time you try to tell those who are truly born again Christians, they don't want to hear it. They don't want, that. that's the part that's painful. Not that they don't know. I for years walked in a place of not knowing and I did get mad when I was rebuked and when I was uh, 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 reproved and, and when I had to sit there and listen to myself being told that I had preached wrong, taught wrong, used God's word, handled God's word out of its context and it made me mad. You're going to get mad at first. You, before you ever get glad, find repentance and get glad, if you're off track, you're going to have to get mad. The flesh doesn't like being told it's wrong. The flesh doesn't like somebody coming alongside and telling them you've wasted. For me, it was just a, a, a seven, eight, nine, ten years. But for many today, it's 50, 60 years. And the longer that you're in, that, which way, is, that, that way which is false... My goodness, I can see why men stick with what they've worked for and what they've achieved and all they've accomplished and, and, and look at all my plaques and look at all this I've done. I can understand. Remember, the man who's prideful, he's not upright before the Lord and the only place to be upright before the Lord is those who return all their judgment back to the place of righteousness. Psalms 92, 14, and 15. The upright are those who've returned their judgment, their assurance, their reliance to God's way of righteousness. Not singing some song, not, not, not saying words, not, not saying, well, God loves me anyway in spite of me. Oh, how true that is. But that doesn't mean he's calling us. That doesn't mean he's not calling us to repent and come back to the way. Many are wayward today. I'd say most of all the church is wayward and sick today. And you know who they are because most all do not know this way. But when you attempt to share this way with them, they begin to push you away. I, I said I know because I've been there. I've done it. I, I didn't want to hear this. I'm not, I'm not listening to this. But the Lord just kept... He kept on. And I know this today. Only those who have a love for the truth of God's word are going to be found wayward and returning back to the truth, the faith of God's word. Galatians 2.20, I am crucified with Christ, the apostle Paul wrote here. Nevertheless, I live. I died with Christ, but I'm living. Yet not I, 
It's not me. Now it's Christ living in me and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Now I want to once again click on the word faith here and I want to bring up again that one of the definitions is truth, but a little more specific. Watch this. One of the definitions here of faith is gospel truth itself. The gospel truth itself. So the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the gospel truth of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Because see, the word faith and the word truth, who is the Lord Jesus Christ and his work he carried out at Calvary, and we know that to be true, but, and they're inseparable, faith and truth, who Christ is and what he did at Calvary, because Jesus said, when you know the truth, and he claimed to be that truth, John 14, 6, when you know the truth, the truth will make you free. And he's talking about being free from sin. In Romans 6 and 6, says, he that is dead is free from sin. So see, the truth is not just who Jesus is. The truth is what Jesus did at Calvary. And if that doesn't remain the object of our faith, we're not walking in the truth of God's word even when we're quoting scriptures and doing what the Bible tells us to do. Because God is looking at the object of our faith to determine if it's him or if it's just us. The object of our faith being our assurance, reliance upon, dependence upon, trust in the very death of Jesus at Calvary. Yes, 2,000 years ago, we know that, but it's still the object of, of faith, the only object of faith. You say, no, we've got the Bible. That's the object of faith. All God's words are in righteousness, but the righteousness of God is only revealed in the gospel. Get that now. The righteousness of God is revealed in the gospel. But yet Proverbs 12 and 17 says, He that speaks truth shows forth righteousness. So see there again, we see that the truth and the gospel can't be separated. And because truth and faith cannot be separated, we can safely say today that the truth and faith and the gospel cannot be separated. If it's not faith in the truth of the gospel, it's not faith God honors. We all had faith in many things before we were born again. We did. We trusted in ourselves. We, we trusted in, in chairs that would hold us up. We trusted this. We trusted that. Our faith was in many things. But the gospel context of the word of God brings the faith of God to us. When we hear the word of God, the faith of God is on order, on offer, it's on display because faith comes by hearing the word of God. But it's what we do with that faith, that truth, that gospel 
Romans 10 and 10. Let's look at it this morning. Romans 10 and 17, I'm sorry, that popular famous scripture, and it should be in our lives. Watch this now. Let's back up to verse 16, the verse before, the one we always quote, verse 16, Romans chapter 10. But they have not all obeyed the gospel because Isaiah said, Lord, who has believed our report? The report of the Lord is the gospel. Come on, somebody. Help me up in here this morning. The report of the Lord is the gospel. Watch. So then, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Let's just click on this word faith. I didn't do it in my studies. Let's click on this word faith. And here we find the same word gospel truth itself. Gospel truth itself. So then, the gospel truth itself is offered. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But I say, have they not heard? Yes. Verily, their sound went into all the earth and their words into the ends of the earth. But I say, did not Israel know? First, Moses said, I will provoke you to jealousy by them that are no people and by a foolish nation I will anger you. But Isaiah is very bold and said, I was found of them that sought me not. I was made manifest unto them that asked not after me. But to Israel he said, all day long I have stretched forth my hands unto a disobedient <coughs> and a gainsaying people through the word offered through the prophets. But they killed the prophets. Through the living word, Jesus Christ himself that showed up the word of God that is God became flesh and dwelt among us and they crucified him. I know God sent his son to die for us and God was behind it. He orchestrated all of that. But yet they crucified him not knowing what they were doing. The Bible says if the princes of this world had known what they were doing, they wouldn't have crucified the Lord of glory. But they didn't. Think about that. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And it's in the context of hearing the gospel. Obeying the gospel. See, that's why the apostle Paul writes in Romans chapter 6 that we obeyed that form of doctrine which we heard that made us free from sin and we became servants of righteousness. When we what? Obeyed, allowed that word of faith, that word of the gospel that came to be mixed in our... Because you're in charge of that. You're in charge of that. You're in charge. You have a choice every day as to whether you will allow the word of God to be mixed with the gospel truth in your own heart in belief. Belief. Just like you did to be born again. We believed with the heart unto what? Righteousness. And again, Peter writes in the context of God commanding. Remember, the Lord God commanded the man. Here we see they've not all obeyed the gospel. In Romans 10, 16, Paul writes in Romans 6 that they've obeyed that form of doctrine that's freedom from the sin. Peter in, in 2 Peter 2 and 21 writes, it's better that you never knew the way of righteousness than to have known it 
and to turn away from the holy command of God, the holy commandment of the Lord. So the gospel is not just something that, that me and pre- the, the, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, the word of God in the context of the gospel is an offer of faith toward all men, but it's a command. When God commanded Adam, it was the word that brought faith and all Adam had to do was mix faith of that, in that word in his own heart and live forever able to eat off of every tree in the garden forever and forever. But the day he stopped mixing in his heart faith with what God had said, and he began to now trust and become dependable upon another voice, he died. Death is not found on the way of righteousness. Let me find that for you this morning. I'm here in in my office at home. and Listen, I just want to say how grateful I am. Let me see if I can find this here in the, the comfort and leisure of my own office without having to leave today. Righteousness and death. You can look that up. <clears throat> in the way, Proverbs 12 and 28, 28 Proverbs 12, 28, In the way of righteousness is life. Jesus is our life. What he did at the cross is the only avenue of impartation of that life. Let's get this now. In the way of righteousness is life. And in the pathway thereof, there is no death. Yet Paul said he was alive once without the law, but when the commandment came, the sin nature revived he said, and I died, Romans 7, 9. The church in Sardis, the church, born again, spirit-filled church of the Lord Jesus Christ, Sardis. <clears throat> Jesus wrote a letter through John to them and said, you've got a name that you're alive, but you're dead. Dead, non-fruit-bearing, fallen from grace because they're no longer mixing faith in the heart with the heart in the gospel. See, it's got to be the gospel because without the gospel, it's not faith because it's not truth. Truth spoken, truth spoken shows forth righteousness. If you hadn't written it down, write it down. Proverbs 12, 17 says, but a false witness, deceit. That means the bread of deceit is laid on the table every Sunday morning, every Sunday night, every Wednesday night, wherever the Word of God's being shared, if it's not being used to point people to Christ and what He did at Calvary, it's the bread of deceit. It's not the bread of life because only through Christ in His way of the sacrificial offering of Himself at Calvary does righteousness get proclaimed. He, the truth. When the truth is proclaimed, righteousness is seen. And the gospel is the truth that proclaims and shows that righteousness. I hope you're being blessed today. You you really need to get this. In the way of righteousness is life. And in the pathway thereof, there is no death. No death. So let's look at Romans 10 and 8. We're close to it. Just scroll, move up the page a little bit. 
Romans 10, 8. Let's back up a little bit and look at verse 5. 4, 3, 2, 1. <laughs> you keep backing up, you'll be in Genesis 1, 1 because it's all good, my friend. Watch now. Verse 5. For Moses describes the righteousness which is of the law, that the man which does those things shall live by them. Well, nobody did. Nobody ever did. Watch this. We've got to hurry. We're about out of time. But the righteousness which is of faith, there it is again, the righteousness which is of faith, it's always the fruit of faith, speaks on this way. Speaks. The righteousness which is of faith speaks. We've got to start right here this time next week, but I've got to finish. Say not in your heart, who shall ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down from above, or who shall descend into the deep, that is to bring up Christ from the dead. But what saith it? The word is nigh thee. It's near thee, even in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. Paul said, the word we preach is the word of faith, the word that brings faith, but you got to allow it to be mixed in your heart through believing it. Not saying you believe it, but believing it. Praise God, what a fabulous broadcast today. I thank God for every one of you who joined me here today in my own office at home. I thank God for those of you who are hungry for the truth of God's Word. You want to know the reality of what God has said, and I believe He's going to show us some great, simple truths, yet profound, along this path He has us on. And to help us share and publish these teachings all over social media as far and wide as you possibly can. And let's see the army of God built in these last days. He's building his church. Hallelujah. Don't forget to pray for us and don't forget to sow into the good ground of the gospel. You can do that here at Crossway Church through... Uh, online, the website, thecrosswaychurch.com, or you can sow by giving, by texting on your phone the word GIVE to the number 903-231-5950. I love you. I praise God for you. Let's run this race together, arms linked together all the way to the finish line. And until we make it across that finish line, Stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. God bless you.